All right. Welcome, welcome, and thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you're here back and listening. I'm back as well after a longer than I anticipated hiatus. Carter Thompson here, as always. Thanks for tuning in to the final, final podcast. I had a much busier NFL season than I was expecting, but a much more exciting one, I'd say, too. So that was a lot of fun. But let's dive right back into the final, final podcast here, and none other than the NFL season itself. I mean, we are one day away from the NFL draft. We're going to do a quick 2022 NFL season recap, and then we'll get you set for the NFL draft coming tomorrow, the 2023 NFL draft. We'll get you all set for that as well. We'll have my mock draft episode. That'll be right after this episode. So if you're listening to this one, still finish this episode. But then after this, make sure you go check out my 2023 NFL mock draft. You know how I like to do one of those every year. I have one ready, and it'll pro- it'll be the next episode after you finish watching this one. So make sure you stay here to watch both of those as well. But let's do a quick recap. 2022 NFL season. What are the big highlights? Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in four years. I mean, I got the chance to produce this highlight, actually, a part of my very busy NFL season that I was just telling you about. But wow, what an incredible game. 38-35 final score. I mean, I think possibly a top 10 Super Bowl that we've seen in terms of the back-and-forth scoring. You've got an all-time quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You've got a team that the Philadelphia Eagles, they looked unstoppable. You've got Mahomes hobbled at points in this playoff run, even in the Super Bowl as well. I think this the Super Bowl also showed undoubtedly and confirms, I think it should have been clear before this a little bit already, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, right? And in my opinion, he's a step above everybody else. I mean, he was the first quarterback since, I believe, 1999, who won the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same season as well. I mean, that's just, that's another record that he broke there. I mean, he's in his, is this his fifth or sixth NFL season, and he's already got two Super Bowls? This guy is unbelievable. And there's still people that are Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, when Tom Brady, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback? It's Justin Herbert. It's Patrick Mahomes. And I think watching Mahomes win a Super Bowl after losing one of the top weapons in the NFL in Tyreek Hill and then still doing it is just incredible. And, and we saw that in this 2022 NFL season. He won the MVP without Tyreek Hill. They beat some really tough teams in the playoffs, including the Cincinnati Bengals on their way to the Super Bowl against one of the best teams that we've seen in a while in the Philadelphia Eagles. And so the Chiefs get their second Super Bowl in four years. Tom Brady retires for good this time we're pretty sure it looks like he's going to go to Fox and become the NFL sports broadcaster that we saw him sign that deal before this season and he played out this season he signed that deal looks like he'll take a a year away he'll learn how to do the position but then he'll be a play-by-play he'll be the color commentator we're not sure if he'll replace Greg Olson because Greg Olson did this year's Super Bowl did a very nice job but we'll see how that goes but Tom Brady retired for real this time, it's I don't know. It it feels like we didn't have as much uh, of a goodbye for Tom Brady this time because we did it last year, right? We did it all with oh my gosh, the stats, the Super Bowl wins, the everything with Tom Brady, the mentality, 
the teammate, the leader, all of that. We did all of that last year, and then this year it was just like, well, all right, we kind of figured that you were gone this year, Tom. Thanks for everything you've done, you know? So just kind of a quick send-off for Tom Brady this year as he uh, retires for good. He hasn't come back. It hasn't, it's been longer than 40 days, I believe, and he still hasn't returned from his, his second retirement now. So I think he might be done for good, which is, is huge news. But like I said, since this happened last offseason, it just doesn't seem as big anymore. We kind of thought we saw it coming. So, But that's another thing, a part of this 2022 NFL season recap, Tom Brady's last season. Got to see a lot of him and work a lot of his stuff during this season at, at working at NFL, which is uh, looking back on it in a couple of years will probably be pretty, pretty cool being like, yeah, actually, I, I worked for Tom Brady's last ever football game, you know? So that was pretty interesting. Jalen Hurts' breakout party this past or this past season. I mean, now he's the highest paid player in NFL history that he just got. I believe he averages around fifty-one million per year on his new contract, which is awesome. And you just you you can't not root for Jalen Hurts, right? After the journey he's been on, he was at Alabama. I believe they lost a national championship game. Get back to the national championship game, he gets benched for Tua Tagovailoa. And he doesn't he doesn't transfer right away. He supports Tua Tagovailoa. He's his biggest cheerleader. Transfers to Oklahoma. I believe he wins the Heisman. Gets drafted by the Eagles, who have who we think at the time was their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. We think, oh boy, what is he really going to do? Then he gets the starting job. This is his first year as a full time starter. And all re- at the beginning of the season, people are like. Yeah, the Eagles could look at a quarterback in next year's draft if if they don't really like what they see in Jalen Hurts. Has an outstanding season. I mean, second in MVP voting, I believe. Just just a miraculous year. A, an incredible Super Bowl performance as well. Three rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in the Super Bowl. I mean, that was a ton of fun. All season, watching the Eagles, they were the last undefeated team going 9-0 and to start the season. I mean... Watching Jalen Hurts' breakout party was a huge, huge success for, for him and, and the NFL. Watching him break out this year was a ton of fun. We have Lamar Jackson right now negotiating for a new contract as a restricted free agent. We'll get into this. We'll get into more detail on this after the draft next week. But this one is just con- confusing to me, especially when you try to compare it to what happened with Deshaun Watson, where you've got teams willing to give up three first-round picks. Then you've got a team giving up a fully guaranteed contract. And on top of that, the draft capital that you have to give up to get Deshaun Watson. And now you got Lamar Jackson, who's a former MVP. He's won a playoff game. Deshaun Watson, or I mean, they both won playoff games, but Lamar Jackson's also got the MVP to his resume. He doesn't have the character issues that Deshaun Watson has piled up over his career and the reason that he's no longer in Houston. I mean, Lamar Jackson, and now you got nobody wanting Lamar Jackson. You don't have to give up three first-round picks plus, but you just you have to give up a big contract for this guy. And, of course, there's speculation on it with the injuries or whatever that comes with Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL twice before going to Cleveland. Once in college, I believe. And then I, I don't remember if it was once in the pros or if it was high school before college, but he tore it once in college. And we're not concerned about Deshaun Watson's injury history. So that one was very, it's confusing. We'll get into more detail on it and I'll tell you more why 
in, and he's still searching for his contract, and it looks like he'll return back to the Ravens, but that is the other another one of the big storylines of this offseason coming off of the season where he had opportunities to sign a new contract with the Ravens, but he just wants more of that guaranteed money after you see what, like I, we talked about this when we talked about the Deshaun Watson contract, how this was going to affect some of these quarterbacks coming up, the Lamar Jacksons, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts, the jo- Josh Allen already got his contract, but it's Herbert, Burrow, Jackson. Those guys are next. Trevor Lawrence, that's the one I meant to get to. Those guys, how that Deshaun Watson contract was going to affect these next big contracts coming up because that was the first fully guaranteed long-term deal in NFL history. And to a guy like that in Deshaun Watson was very suspect. So we'll see how that pans out for Lamar Jackson here. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence as well, the Jaguars were a fun team. I believe the second half of the season especially went from worst to first in their division with new head coach Doug Peterson. Second year, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to deal with Urban Meyer anymore. They also had one of the greatest playoff comebacks of all time against the Chargers in the wild card round. I mean, I remember doing that game. That was just unbelievable. I, you, you didn't think it could happen, especially with Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in the first half of a playoff game. And they still were able to come back and win that game at the buzzer. It was unbelievable. So I think the Jaguars are a fun team to watch as well. I mean, you had the Lions this season where everybody's favorite Cinderella, can they get into the playoffs, had it up to week 18. And then I believe, was it the Seahawks that ruined it, their chances of getting into the playoffs week 18. But man, the Lions are a team that everybody's rooting for with Dan Campbell. I mean, it helps that they had in hard knocks this, this past year or two, I think, they to begin the season. But Dan Campbell is just so much fun to root for as well. But the Lions are a fun team from this past season as well. But those are just some of my favorite highlights, some of the things that I like to look back on on this 2022 NFL season as we now get ready for the 2023 NFL season. I like to, people have already said the 2023 NFL season has began, and it, I guess I could see it that way with free agency already underway and, and stuff like that. But I really, for some reason, it's just for me, once the draft happens, is then it's boom. Now all of a sudden you get off-season workouts starting. To me, the draft is is one of the, I think is the start of the next season for me. And that is up tomorrow. And we've already got big breaking news for that. That just happened two days ago. And this is the big one for Packers fans and Jets fans is Aaron Rodgers being traded to the New York Jets. Here's the final compensation, I believe, is how it was worked out. So the New York Jets, they, of course, get Packers legend Aaron Rodgers. They get pick 15 from the Packers and a fifth round pick, which is ends up being pick 170. The Packers get pick 13, so it's basically a first-round pick swap this year. Packers move up from 15 to 13. Jets move down from 13 to 15. Packers also get second-round pick this year, which is pick number 42. They also get a sixth-round pick then this year, which is pick 207. Packers didn't have a sixth-round pick. They had two fifth rounds, so they kind of swapped those with the Jets to 170 for 207. But the big one here for the Packers is they get a conditional second-round pick next year that turns into a first-round pick as long as Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps for the Jets. That is a pretty big deal for Green Bay to get a first-round pick next year when Aaron Rodgers said this offseason he was 90% sure that he was going to retire. I think this was a big sticking point in the 
why this trade took so long. I mean, I haven't done a podcast since maybe like week eight of the NFL season. I don't remember when. But this was something that, I mean, you had Aaron Rodgers going on the darkness retreat. You had the Packers trying to get a hold of him. You just didn't, it looked like the Packers were ready to move on to Jordan Love once we saw the disappointing ending to the season, not making it into the playoffs when they had a win and get in chance against their division rival, the Detroit Lions. Then you saw how Rodgers walked off the field with his best buddy, Randall Cobb, off of Lambeau Field, nonetheless, on Sunday Night Football. You just had a feeling like, ooh, this could be the end of the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay, and it ended up being that way. So he gets traded to the Jets. He had his introduction press conference today, Wednesday, April 26th. I mean, a couple of things that stood out. He's not looking to be a savior for the New York Jets, as they are now the longest tenured franchise without a playoff appearance in all four of America's major sports. So that's football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. The Jets have the longest playoff drought of all of those sports franchises, of all of them. And they are at, I believe, since 2010. So that's going on 13, 12, 13 years now. So he's not looking, he said he's not looking to be the savior, but this, but he thinks this team can win now. And he said he's, he's an older guy and he wants to be able to win right now. He thinks this Jets team, with that defense that they had, we saw them last year. They started seven and four, and they finished the season losing six straight. So I mean, they were in position to make the playoffs. They had, of course, tons of QB troubles throughout the year, but now Aaron Rodgers thinks that this team can win. Now they have a great defense lined up behind him. Nathaniel Hackett was a big reason that he wanted to go to New York as well. Nathaniel Hackett hired this off season by the Jets to be there new offensive coordinator. Well, I guess actually, since I haven't done a podcast since like week eight, Nathaniel Hackett was fired from the Denver Broncos after only one year as their head coach. Gets an offensive coordinator job. Just him and, and Russell Wilson, it just wasn't working out. I believe the new ownership in Denver as well. It just was a big mess in Denver. So he <laughs> didn't even get his chance for a year two. This seems like a good spot for Nathaniel Hackett to be back with Aaron Rodgers, kind of build back up that reputation of being a good offensive coordinator. Maybe it just wasn't his time to be a head coach, but I don't, I didn't want that to be the lasting impression of Nathaniel Hackett. So he'll get to build that back up, hopefully, with Aaron Rodgers here in New York. And he's a big reason why Aaron Rodgers wants to be in New York. Remember all the speculation last offseason? on when Nathaniel Hackett got hired by the Denver Broncos was, oh, they only hired him because they think he can try and lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Then Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, of course. So you, you, it's not that without Nathaniel Hackett that Rodgers isn't going to the Jets, and I don't think the Jets are hiring Nathaniel Hackett just to get Aaron Rodgers. It's just a marriage thing that worked out well for both parties, for Nathaniel, for all three parties, for Nathaniel Hackett, for the New York Jets, and for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers gets to go to a team that looks like they're trying to win now, looks like they think they're ready to win now. So Nathaniel Hackett, that's a big reason that he wanted to go to New York. He's got lots of love and appreciation for Green Bay. He had a lengthy, very lengthy Instagram post, I believe, yesterday, just thanking everybody in that organization from his teammates to some of his favorite teammates, of course, to all of his coaches, Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur, to even the guys in the front office 
Brian Gudikins, guys like that. He thanked the late Ted Thompson for taking a chance on him. He thanked everybody in the uh, from coaching staff to the training staff to the equipment managers to some of the photographers, just everybody within the organization. And then, of course, thanked all the fans as well. I mean, he he said he'll be back in Green Bay. He said he's a he's I believe he even said he's a Packer forever. He said when the season was over on Pat McAfee that you could argue he's the greatest Packer of all time. It is something that you can definitely argue. He's been in Green Bay for 18 years, 15 years as a starter. He said nobody bleeds green and gold like he does, which as a as one as the longest tenured Packer ever, he's he could have a point there as well. So that was very nice to hear. There's no ill will from Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers organization, to their fans, to the front office. That felt very good as a Packer fan myself to hear that he doesn't have any demise or have any yeah, ill will is just the way to go about it here. But it's just uh, that was nice to hear. It's just it just felt like this is one of those things where Green Bay was ready to move on, just like when they had Favre. Rodgers thought he was going to retire, but he's like, you know what? I still want to play. It's the same kind of thing. It's, there's a lot of similarities to Brett Favre with this, which is very funny. But Aaron Rodgers, he said that chapter is closed of him with Green Bay, but has absolutely all the love and appreciation for that franchise, which is good to hear. And he knows he'll be back. They're going to retire his number in Green Bay. He'll go into the Hall of Fame as a Packer as well. So that was very nice to hear. He's going to wear number eight as a New York Jet. It's still very weird when I'm looking and reading about all of this. New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, former Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It's very weird, but he's going to wear number eight for the New York Jets. Number 12 in New York was famously... Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, and he's like, you can't, I can't wear, it's retired for Joe Namath. He even said he'd be willing to unretire 12 for Aaron Rodgers to wear. He's like, no, we're not doing that. Aaron Rodgers wore eight in college, and he's excited to wear eight in New York. The other big thing that I took from this, other than he's, he's the big one that I think from all of this was he's not looking to be a savior, but he is an older guy, and he's glad that he's now on a team that's ready to win now. That's a big one. But the other one is he's non-committal on his future after this season. So now the Packers have been living with Aaron Rodgers going year to year, not knowing, hey, what's gonna, what, when is Jordan Love going to play? When's Aaron Rodgers thinking about retiring? That's no longer the Packers' headache. That's the Jets' headache. Now they have to figure out, is Aaron Rodgers going to play one year? Is he going to play two years? Is he going to want to play three years? He's always said that he's wanted to play till 40. He's going to be 40 during this season. So, I mean, did the Jets just give up a future first-round pick, a high second-round pick, and a pick swap in the first round this year for one year of Aaron Rodgers for a potential Super Bowl run? If so, that's that's a ton to give up for something like that. But now it's the Jets' headache of determining what Aaron Rodgers means on, and especially when the end of the season comes and say they don't win the Super Bowl and say it's in disappointing fashion. Now you got Aaron Rodgers waiting and saying, hey, maybe I need to go on another darkness retreat or something like that. No longer a problem for the Packers, but that's a big one for the Jets if they only get him for one year and everything that they gave up right there. So, I mean, the big questions when it comes to this, let's take a look at it from the Jets' side. Does this make them, the Jets, an instant Super Bowl contender or even a favorite? And I'll tell you this, I think it makes them a contender absolutely. They were, like I said, 7-4. and midway through the season and finished the season losing six straight 
because of the quarterback play that they had, whether it was Zach Wilson, who's now going to be the backup to Aaron Rodgers. That's a different storyline that we can save for another day. Whether it was Joe Flacco or whether it was Mike White, they had just struggles down the end of the season with those three quarterbacks and lost six straight, missing the playoffs. And now, like I said, the longest tenured franchise in all four major sports to not have made the playoffs in 13 years. It makes them a contender, sure, but absolutely not a favorite to be in the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, I'm going to name off the quarterbacks in the AFC. I believe two of them, three of them, aren't going to be in the playoffs even. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Let's assume Lamar goes back to the Ravens for now. Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Tua Tugavailoa, and Aaron Rodgers. I just named 10 quarterbacks in the AFC. Only seven teams make the playoffs per conference. So who's not making the playoffs? I mean, just everywhere you look, it's loaded divisions. You got Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. Those are the AFC West. You got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. That's the AFC North. Then you've got Josh Allen, Tua Tugavailoa, Aaron Rodgers now. That's the AFC East. And then you got Trevor Lawrence and then whoever else in the AFC South. So you would think Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be in the playoffs, right? You would think Joe Burrow, and all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, this guy's going to be in the playoffs. But hold on, three of them can't make it. Now, if you don't think it's going to be Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Tua Tugavailoa, because those are probably the three worst of the 10 that I, I mentioned, that's fine. But I mean, Deshaun Watson might have a resurgence. He was considered a top five quarterback at one point. Him with the Browns could be a resurging team. Russell Wilson could figure it out with Sean Payton as his head coach, who's come out of retirement to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Tua Tugavailoa and the Dolphins were a playoff team last year with Tua having a lot of injury problems. If he can stay healthy, are they even better with that wide receiver dynamic of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell? I mean, they were they were high-flying offense. So even if you want to take those three out, those three teams have a possibility to get much better. You know, so that is just incredible. So yeah, the the Jets might be a very good team, but look at the gauntlet that they're going to have to go to, and they have the oldest quarterback of all ten of those teams. And that's not, and, and I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. Of course, I mean he's my former quarterback in Green Bay. I think he's a fantastic quarterback, but he is 40. He's coming off of one of his one of his statistically worst seasons of his career which is still better than any season in Jets quarterback history, which is fine. Maybe that's all they're asking for. But the goal is not to just make the playoffs. Now, Jets fans might be happy just making the playoffs after, like I've said maybe three times already, that they are the longest tenured sports franchise to not make the playoffs. Maybe that's just fine with them, but it's not fine with Aaron Rodgers. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. He actually said in his press conference today as well that as he was walking into the Jets building, he saw Super Bowl three, the trophy on his way in, and he said it's looking a little lonely. So if he's there for one year, the goal is to obviously win a Super Bowl, not just make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has been to the playoffs plenty of times. Wow. That is uh, that is something to give up that much. And then this is just the AFC is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how much talent is there at the quarterback position nonetheless, and then some of these teams and how good they can. I mean, the Tennessee Titans – didn't make the playoffs last year, but you know Mike Vrabel is a very good coach, and he can beat almost 
he can win on any it's any given Sunday for a reason, right? I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs on Sunday night football with Malik Willis at quarterback, and he threw under like 85 yards. And the Titans almost, they took that game to overtime. You got teams like that in the AFC as well. I mean, it's just going to be tough. This is going to be so tough for the Jets. I hope they don't think it's like guaranteed Super Bowl run, you know? It's not even guaranteed playoff run. It's not even a guaranteed AFC East division win with a team like the Buffalo Bills in that division. Wow. So, I mean, I think it makes them a contender, absolutely, because you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a top five quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers on your team with a defense that is very good, is a top 10, possibly a top five defense. Favorite? Nowhere near it. I don't think any, the only favorite that I would put for the Super Bowl is be, is the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. They're always going to be around. Every other team, though, there could be question marks on them even making the playoffs. So it's going to be very interesting. The other big question on the Jets side is how long Aaron Rodgers will play for the Jets. I was just talking about this in terms of how noncommittal of the future he is for playing for the Jets. If it's for one year, and they gave up that much to get Aaron Rodgers. Was it worth it in the end? If he only plays for them for one year and they do make the playoffs, that might be enough for a ton of Jets fans. I really don't know. I know a couple of Jets fans at work. I know they are pumped to just have Aaron Rodgers on their team. But this is one of those things that we'll see after this year how much this was worth it for the Jets. If they win the Super Bowl, of course. it's all. I think it's worth it any time you win the Super Bowl. You can give up three first-round picks. You can give up... All the first-round picks for the Super Bowl, in my opinion, because I think it's inc- it's incredibly hard to win the Super Bowl. Not only to just be good, you got to be lucky. All of that in between. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers thought about he was, he said he was ninety percent on retiring this offseason, ten percent that he wanted to come back to play. Obviously, something happened after his darkness retreat that he wanted to come back and play. But still, that's something that I'm sure worried the Jets front office when determining what to give up to get in Aaron Rodgers like this. Let's see, I mean, what else do the Jets have to do to at least not guarantee a playoff berth? Because like I, I just named those 10 teams, those 10 quarterbacks at least. And like the Broncos, you can you can dismiss the Broncos, that's fine. There's still nine teams that I mentioned right there that are going to be in the playoff hunt. And like I said, you can throw in the Titans if you want. We'll see what some other teams do in the draft this year, whether it's the Colts, if they get a quarterback that works out well for them, you know? I'm trying to think of some other teams in the in the AFC that I've... The Steelers actually were right there and about to make the playoffs this year. They didn't. I didn't include them here because Kenny Pickett's going into his second year, but the AFC is so loaded. It doesn't... Even if you don't have a great quarterback, like I said, like the Steelers yet or the Tennessee Titans, these teams are competing for the playoffs year in and year out. But the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are certainly a playoff contender. They have a couple of holes that they still need to fill, whether that's the offensive line, what are they going to do with their tackle spots or their their guard spots as well. you got to make sure you're protecting Aaron Rodgers at 40 years old. So they got to make sure that their offensive line is secure. they got to get the chemistry right between Rodgers and the receivers, whether that's Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. They've got Alan Lazard in the building. Lazard goes to the Jets this offseason as well. We'll see. And then the defense, you just got to make sure you have the depth. And, and right now, actually, they need to make sure they sign their star defensive player, Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle who has held out 
from off-season programs right now as he's waiting his new contract. You can't have a top-five defense without one of the top two or three defensive tackles in all of football right now. So you got to make sure you get that handled as well. So there's still a couple of things that this Jets team needs to do, and then it's got to be on the coaching staff with Aaron Rodgers to get them into the playoffs. So that will be very interesting. Let's take a look at this deal from the Packers side of things. Before we get into what it means for Jordan Love, who is now QB1 in Green Bay, what it means for what are the expectations. As a Packer fan, how I feel about this is, one, it's not something that I'm celebrating that, yes, we've got Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's no longer with our franchise. Thank goodness. Good riddance. None of that. And I hope that's not the sentiment with a lot of Packers fans. Sure, it might be with some fans. Either you don't agree with some of the things he's said over the past couple of years, some of the things that he is about, his anything, his ideology, anything like that. If you don't agree with any of that, I understand. That's totally fair. That's on you. But I'm not thinking of it in that way. I'm thinking of the guy that was the face of the Green Bay Packers for 18 years, 15 years as a starter. It's a very somber time as a Packers fan because now, I mean, we've been very grateful or very lucky as a franchise as well to have gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers as a starting quarterback. We can't expect that to necessarily be the case, have two top 10 all-time Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back. And now we're just going to expect that to, to happen again with Jordan Love. And I hope that, of course, happens with Jordan Love. But it's just the odds of that are not very likely, right? So, But as a Packers fan, it's just one of those things where you see this guy who has represented and loves Green Bay, which not a lot of players do because of the location and the weather and just everything necessarily about Green Bay being a small city and no owner. Maybe some players don't like that, but Aaron Rodgers was there and liked being there and loved being in Green Bay. Just one of those things where you're sad to see him go. I wish he honestly would have retired as a Packer. That would have been... That's what I was hoping because he wanted to see that too. He wanted to be one of those guys that retires with one team for his entire career. It doesn't happen a lot. You think Tom Brady, you think Peyton Manning, you think Brett Favre, you think some of these guys, or you think Joe Montana, you think these guys as they, oh yeah, they only stayed with one team. And then you look on it, it's like, oh no, wait, he did have that stint with the Broncos. He did have that stint with the Buccaneers. He did have that stint with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Aaron Rodgers wanted to be that guy that's, no, I was a Green Bay Packer through and through. So it's one of the, it's just a, it's just a mixed emotion seeing Aaron Rodgers go to the New York Jets. You, I'm excited to see what we have now in Jordan Love. I would have been excited if Aaron Rodgers did return for another year and thought, hey, maybe we can still make a playoff run with Aaron Rodgers. It's possible that we can make a playoff run with Jordan Love, but we're not going to be favorites in many of these games with Jordan Love because of the unknown that comes with him. But with Aaron Rodgers, the expectation was, yeah, make a playoff run. And with a with a considerably, you would think, weaker NFC conference, especially when I mentioned the AFC conference, you'd think, yeah, anything's possible in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, still slinging it, just two years removed from being a back-to-back MVP, right? So I was, I was, I was good either way if Aaron Rodgers was going to retire or if Aaron Rodgers was going to come back for the Packers. But seeing him go to the Jets was one of it's just a little bit mixed, you know? Like I don't unfortunately want to see him win a Super Bowl with the New York Jets cuz I am a Packers fan. I'm going to be rooting for the Packers all year. But it'll just I'm not obviously rooting for his downfall <laughs> in New York either. But 
It was just a little bit of mixed emotion seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform, nonetheless. Can't be any more grateful for what he's done for the, for the Green Bay organization. I mean, we had 30 years, a couple years mixed in there where we didn't make the playoffs, but it was almost pencil them in for the Packers having a winning season for 15 years with Aaron Rodgers, and that's not something you can say for this upcoming season for the Green Bay Packers, so that's going to be a little bit different for us for sure. But moving on from the fan aspect of it, what it means now for the Packers organization Jordan Love, now QB1. Expectations for them without Rodgers now. This is going to be a young team. They still they have quite a few holes on this team and not a lot of ways to fill them in terms of the salary cap that they have because of the contracts that they gave to Aaron Rodgers. They have 40 million of the 40 million of their cap is designated to Aaron Rodgers who won't be on the team. Doesn't mean they owe Aaron Rodgers 40 million. It's a dead cap hit. It's just something that they were able to push out into the future. And now that future has <laughs> come to the present and that bill is due. So they have $40 million that they can't spend on anyone because it's tied up in Aaron Rodgers' old contracts, right? So this is, and Brian Kudikins has said he, he's not looking to rebuild. He's not looking to like tear this down and get top five picks for the next year or two. This is a team that's still looking to compete, like I said, in a weaker NFC and they are encouraged by what they've seen from Jordan Love. And the funny thing is, is everybody thinks Jordan Love is a bust and this and that, and I'm sure they said this about Aaron Rodgers. I don't remember what they said about Aaron Rodgers after three years of sitting on the bench. But this is what they said about Jordan Love in the draft when he was drafted by the Packers, before he was drafted by the Packers, actually. But they said, this guy needs to sit for a year or two and learn the NFL, get better with some accuracy issues, Anything like that. They said he's got all the talent in the world. He's got a big arm. He can throw off platform. He's mobile. He can do all these things, but he needs to sit and learn. And now when after he sits and learns for two years, all of a sudden the narrative changes. And it's like, oh, this guy is horrible. This guy is a bust. He can't play. Otherwise, the Packers would have moved on. No, that's not the case. <laughs> Jordan Love could have been the next big thing that the Packers saw, and they still wouldn't have moved on because Aaron Rodgers was the back-to-back -back MVP. They drafted Jordan Love a year after Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst statistical seasons of his career, and then he went on to win those back-to-back -back MVPs. I like to think that drafting Jordan Love lit somewhat of a little bit of a fire under Aaron Rodgers to get back to that MVP form, and it did. But it's not—I mean, this was the scenario that the draft experts, the draft analysts were saying that Jordan Love needed. Now, all of a sudden, he gets that exact environment and we think that he's going to be a bust immediately I don't know how the narrative changed like that just because he didn't beat out a four-time MVP in practice it was never a competition between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers in the off seasons it was Aaron Rodgers's job right even if he had come back this year even if the Packers said you know what or he said hey I'm coming back the Packers didn't want him back but he said I'm coming back I'm gonna <laughs> I'm still under contract you know it would have been Aaron's starting quarterback job so I think expectations for the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love is to still be a playoff contender. They don't necessarily need to make the playoffs for it to be a successful year. But if they did make the playoffs, I think it would be a huge bonus. But this does add a lot of pressure. I don't think the necessary immediate pressure is on Jordan Love. I still think he's going to have some growing pains because he hasn't seen a ton of live action game, right? He's had one spot start when Aaron Rodgers had COVID back in, was that 2020 or was that 2021? Either way, 
He had one spot start. He's appeared in 10 games. I think he has three touchdowns, three interceptions, something like that. So he's still going to go through some growing pains, right, you would expect? But there's a lot more pressure, I think, on Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds than there is on Jordan Love in year one. We're going to see what kind of coach Matt LaFleur is without Aaron Rodgers. I think we saw a lot of what Matt LaFleur is at the end of this last season when the Packers had to win five straight to get into the playoffs. They won four straight, and they had a win-and-get-in opportunity against the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions just played better in that season and at the in that game. And I think that showed a lot from Matt LaFleur getting this team back into that position to make the playoffs. But we're going to see now what Matt LaFleur can do without Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be a big one. And now Brian Gutekinds as well. This is now Brian Gutekinds' team. There are maybe, what, a handful of players that Ted Thompson drafted still left on this team. This is Brian Gutekinds' mark right here. Jordan Love is his quarterback. He traded up to get him. So this is a lot of pressure on those two, I think. I think the expectations will be a little bit high for the Packers. A lot of people are going to be expecting, I think, they might be initially too high for them. But I think being a playoff contender, we'll see how they compete against the likes of the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions, who are probably going to be the favorites to win the NFC North Division. But I think being a playoff contender is reasonable expectations for this Packers team. And we'll see what they can construct with the rest of this roster. They have holes on this on this team still. They need a tight end. They need help stopping the run. They need safeties as well on this team. Those are probably the three biggest needs are having a tight end, a defensive tackle, and a safety, which is something that we'll see how they address the draft or if they address the draft with an offensive tackle. They can always use offensive linemen, especially when one of your star offensive linemen might be cut or traded next offseason as well. So we'll see what this Packers team can do. But I think playoff contender being there at the end of the season is should be reasonable expectations for this team. I'm very excited to see what we have in Jordan Love. But as a Packer fan, my expectations might be a little high just because of the just of how lucky and fortunate I've been to see Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre play. So my expectations for Jordan Love might be a little higher than some in terms of I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I think he's going to be a good quarterback at least, right? But we'll see. This is going to be new territory. I don't ne- I remember when Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, but I don't think it has the same kind of feeling of when you go from back-to-back first ballot Hall of Famers, top maybe top 10 quarterbacks of all time, to now, all right, you no longer have that just security blanket of knowing, oh yeah, we have one of the five best quarterbacks in football. We don't have that feeling anymore on this football team. It's a much different feeling, but I'm, I'm excited to see what, Jordan Love has, but I am very nervous for the future of the Green Bay Packers going forward, just not having that reliable, secure quarterback that you're just like, all right, well, we don't have to worry about the quarterback. Maybe we just got to worry about the defense this year. It's like, no, now we got to worry about the quarterback a little bit. So we'll see how that all goes. But that was the big news that just dropped. We've been waiting for that one since the End of the season, really, when Aaron Rodgers walked off of Lambeau, then it was, where's he going to go? Is he going to retire? The whole darkness retreat. Oh, my goodness. Just everything revolving that was a little bit crazy. And then he goes on Pat McAfee 
tells his side of the story. Now we've got who has leverage in the trade negotiations between the Packers and the Jets to finally ending up here. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet, and the Green Bay Packers are moving on to Jordan Love as QB1. We have made it to that point finally. Other big news leading up to the NFL draft. The Carolina Panthers have the number one overall pick. They had the number nine. They traded up with the Chicago Bears. They gave up a lot. They gave up a lot to go get this man. They gave up pick number nine, first rounder this year. They gave up a second rounder this year as well. They gave up a 2024 first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and they gave up wide receiver DJ Moore. That is a lot to move up to the number one pick. Now they're looking at a quarterback, of course. The favorite is Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama. There's also C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. Those are the big four quarterbacks this year. It looks like Bryce Young is the favorite. That's the way I would go if I were a betting man for the Panthers on who they're going to take with the number one spot. But it needs to be a quarterback. They hired new head coach Frank Reich, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He is now the new head man there. So who's going to be their signal caller is is what really is going to start round one, or obviously going to start the NFL draft. It's We just don't know. It's not a surefire slam dunk like when it was Trevor Lawrence going to the Jacksonville Jaguars or when it was Andrew Luck going to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, like you were for sure that those guys were going to go number one overall or when it was uh, Peyton Manning going to the Colts back in 98 as well. You were for sure those guys were going to go number one overall. It's not, it's not that slam dunk pick for the Panthers this year, so it'll be really interesting to see which way they go and how this pans out for them, just showing how much they gave up. That's two first-round picks, two high sec- or a high second-round pick this year, a second-round pick two years from now, and then wide receiver DJ Moore, which was basically we considered – Another first-round pick. We saw how much Devontae Adams was traded for. We saw how much Tyree Hill was traded for. We've seen how much we saw how much AJ Brown was traded for. AJ Brown and DJ Moore comparable in terms of age and production as well. DJ Moore has had thousand yards receiving with no-name quarterbacks, right? So that was basically a third first-round pick for the Bears in getting DJ Moore. So the Bears got a very nice haul. They moved back to number nine. The other big stories with this draft as well is who else is taking a quarterback. We know the Colts will at four, but will the Texans? There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and rumors flying around that the Texans won't even take a quarterback at number two. They have the number two overall pick, and are they going to skip taking a quarterback, really? I don't know what, what, what what's going on with that, but they're a team that could possibly just skip quarterback this year and maybe look to next year, and I'll explain in my mock draft episode, why I think that is a very bad idea, but we're not sure what the Texans are going to do with pick number two. Then you got the Cardinals at three who don't need a quarterback, but a team could trade up with the Cardinals to get a quarterback at a teams that could do that. You have the Titans, Tennessee Titans are rumored. They're looking, they're ready. Like maybe take a guy like Anthony Richardson, maybe a guy like Will Levis, let them sit behind Ryan Tannehill for a year, right? That's a team that has been rumored wanting to trade up the Las Vegas Raiders. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, but they still need a long-term solution at quarterback. Atlanta Falcons, uh, they're going to give Desmond Ritter 
I think he was a third round pick last year for them. They're going to give him a shot this year, but maybe if someone falls to them at pick eight, or if they want to trade up to pick three, pick five, maybe they'd be willing to do it. Washington Commanders, they're going to give their fifth round pick Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett a chance, but they still need a long-term solution. These teams I'm pointing out need long-term solutions. Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady retired, like I already mentioned. They traded for, or they signed Baker Mayfield this offseason, but is he the long-term solution? These teams all have question marks for and could trade try to trade up if a quarterback falls to them. These are teams that I think could use a quarterback as well. And then three teams that I think should be planning for the future that could take a quarterback this year, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Vikings, if the right quarterback gets to them. For the Lions and the Seahawks, if Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, is available for them, I think this is a similar situation to like when Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Anthony Richardson could sit behind Geno Smith. He could sit behind Jared Goff for two years. And then he's possibly, I mean, the the talent that this kid has is unbelievable, but he's only had 13 starts in the NFL. If he gets to the right team and can sit for a couple of years, he could be a top five quarterback with the arm strength of Josh Allen and the mobility of Lamar Jackson and the speed that's faster than Lamar Jackson. But it's just the right situation. So if the Lions and the Seahawks, they could be in the quarterback picture because they have guys like, Jared Goff and Geno Smith, but not guys that you would think are going to be leading your team to the Super Bowl, right? So those two are teams that I think could be looking at the right quarterback position or right quarterback spot if if the right quarterback gets to them. The Vikings also. Kirk Cousins is going into his last year under contract with the Vikings. They've just continuously been giving him guaranteed contract after guaranteed contract extension. He's... In his mid-30s now as well, they haven't gone farther in the playoffs with him at quarterback. They could be looking at pick 23 for a quarterback as well. So there are a lot of teams that could use a quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to see where these, there's five that are probably going to go in the first round. It's going to be really interesting to see where they end up. I'm very excited to see that. And there's so much uncertainty in this draft. Like There's not a consensus. No one really knows how it's going to play out who's looking to trade up or trade down. Remember last year in the draft, we had the most first-round trades in NFL draft history with nine. Can we beat that this year? I don't know. We'll see, but that's going to be really fun to find out. And then you got a ton of players that could possibly be traded during the draft as well, a part of these draft day trades. Derrick Henry's name has been floated around recently, even though I don't think it's been confirmed by the Titans or anything like that, but but... Tennessee could be looking to rebuild. Like I said, they could be looking to get a new quarterback, and Derrick Henry's name could be a part of a trade for them to help move up. I don't know. Delvin Cook, the running back from Minnesota, his name has been floated because of the contract hit that he will cause for the Minnesota Vikings. Austin Eckler requested a trade this offseason. All these running backs, nobody wants to pay running backs the big money anymore. So these three big running backs could be traded on draft day. That would be incredibly exciting just to see these guys on new teams as well you got deandre hopkins the cardinals are looking to rebuild kyler murray is injured deandre hopkins has a huge contract of around 28 to 30 million he could be looking at a new team he's probably going to get traded that's the most likely one right now devin white the linebacker 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers requested a trade this offseason as well. He could be looking to get traded. And then two younger guys, Trey Lance, could possibly. John Lynch, the general manager for the 49ers, hasn't made any calls, also hasn't received any, but did not deny the possibility of Trey Lance being traded because of the emergence of Brock Purdy. The problem for the 49ers is both of these guys are injured right now. So we'll see. I mean, Trey Lance could be a young quarterback that teams are looking at. Like, hey, maybe we can get this guy for a second-round pick or something like that, considering how much the 49ers gave up to trade up in the draft, I believe, two years ago now to get this guy. will be really interesting to see. Malik Willis, the third-round pick for the Tennessee Titans at quarterback last year. Apparently, the new front office is not necessarily a fan of him. The Tennessee Titans fired their GM last year. They got a whole new front office in there. And maybe he's just not a guy that the Tennessee Titans' new front office is looking to build around. So he could be potentially another trade candidate this year. I mean, those are a ton of big names. This draft is going to be very exciting. I can't wait for it tomorrow. My mock draft episode will be up right after this one. So after you finish watching or listening, watching, as soon as you finish listening to this, just click uh, just click next and go right to my mock draft episode. And I'll tell you uh, how I think the first round should go, in my opinion, for the teams. Remember how I do mock drafts is how I think what I think the team should draft. Usually I go by position and I count if I got it right that way, not necessarily exact player because player or because teams sometimes draft a player on fit for their scheme, fit for their organization, the personality and all that stuff that they have done all these interviews with these guys that I obviously haven't done. But I like to see and give you just a, a glimpse of what I think this team's biggest need or how they can fill it and what the best available is at the time. So my mock draft episode up right after you finish listening to this one. All right, let's get to my final thought on this episode of the final, final podcast. NBA playoffs first round is well underway. I mean, this has been a pretty exciting first round of, of playoffs. We've had the, the Sacramento Kings, believe it or not, and the Golden State Warriors has been just an incredible first round series. By far the best one, I think, in my opinion. Hopefully it goes seven games. Incredible shot making from both teams as they go back and forth. We've had a suspension for Draymond Green. We've had the Kings. They used to have the longest playoff drought of all the four major franchises in American sports. They broke that this year as they made it into the playoffs. Won two playoff games at home. It was just absolutely electric watching those games, especially inside the stadium. That series is tied 2-2 two to two right now. And... The Sacramento Kings have an injury to their star point guard, De'Aaron Fox. I believe he broke a finger on his non-shooting hand, but he said he's going to play through it. So hopefully it doesn't bother him too much. Hopefully he can still put the pressure on Golden State that he has throughout this series. But that's just been an incredible playoff series so far. That one's a lot of fun. LeBron James and the Lakers, they're showing the young Grizzlies probably best to keep your mouth shut. This series was tied 1-1, to and the Grizzlies were talking a lot of trash. And now all of a sudden, the Lakers lead this series 3-1 to one over the number two seed Grizzlies. The Lakers, remember, had to play in the play-in series against the Timberwolves to even make it into the playoffs. And now here they lead the number two seeded Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, LeBron James, at 38 years old, just had a 22-point, 20-rebound game. Oldest player in NBA history to have a 20-20 game like that. First Los Angeles Laker to do it since Shaquille O'Neal, and he's doing it at 38 years old, playing over 40 minutes a game. 
Just incredible stuff that we're seeing from LeBron still as the Lakers lead that series. This one, as a Bucks fan, is disappointing, but wow. Playoff Jimmy Butler is real. If you didn't think it was real, you absolutely believe it's real. Now, he is showing you that you can never have an easy rest series versus the Miami Heat. The Heat lead the series 3-1 to one over the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo missed game th- two and three with a back injury that he suffered in game one. He came back for game four, and the Bucks blew a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler scored 56 points in that game. It's, I believe, the fourth highest or fifth highest playoff scoring game of all time. You got Michael Jordan with 63. And then you've got, oh man, you got a couple of guys. You got someone with 58, someone with 57. And then you got Jimmy Butler tied with a couple of guys with 56 points. I mean, wow. Disappointing as a Bucks fan to see that for sure. I believe game six, game five is tomorrow, April 27th, same day as the draft. So I won't be watching that, unfortunately. But I believe the stat is teams that go up 3-1 in a best-of-seven series in NBA history are 258-13 all-time, a winning percentage of 95%. So that means of about 250 NBA playoff series that have had the exact record of 3-1 to for one team, 95% of the time the team that is up 3-1 to wins that series. That is not good odds for the Milwaukee Bucks who had huge NBA championship aspirations this year. They were the number one seed all of the regular season. They had Giannis, who was performing at an MVP level. They returned. Chris Middleton was back from injury. Drew Holiday was playing at an all-NBA level. You had Brooke Lopez, who was playing at a defensive player of the year level. I mean, this team was supposed to easily cruise for the fir- through the first round of the playoffs, through the second round of the playoffs probably, and then have a dogfight in the Eastern Conference Finals, but now they're on the verge of being eliminated. I should look, I'll tell you the stat. If the Bucks lose to the Miami Heat, we won't go there yet, but if they do, I'll tell you how many times a number eight seed has, has beaten a number one seed in a best of seven playoff series. If the Miami Heat end up pulling this off, which it's looking very likely, if they do, we'll get that stat on here for you. But that's just another exciting thing for the first round of the playoffs. Exciting for other people, not necessarily for me, obviously, as a Bucks fan. We got the New York Knicks. New York is just absolutely going nuts right now as the Knicks have taken a 3-1 series lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers were favored in this series. I don't remember the last time the Knicks even won a playoff series, to be honest. So New York is going absolutely bananas right now. It's actually more fun to watch the fans' reaction in the streets of New York than watch those games. But that's just incredible as the Knicks look to move on to round two. You got the Philadelphia 76ers. They move on to round two already after sweeping the New York Net, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sorry. And then you got the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets looking to move on. They're going to be facing off actually in round two already as they have eliminated their first round opponents. Los Angeles Clippers out and the Minnesota Timberwolves out. So there you go. There's your quips, quick synopsis of the NBA playoffs first round so far. When we get to our next episode where we start talking basketball more in depth, we'll probably be well into the second round, but we'll make sure we get you all caught up there. But 
first round of the NBA playoffs is a lot of fun to watch so far. It's usually not. You usually don't have this kind of excitement in the first round of the playoffs. Usually, second round, maybe you get some better matchups, especially, of course, the conference finals are always great. But first round is usually pretty meh, maybe one good series. But we've had a ton of good series in this first round of the NBA playoffs this year. And then my final, final thought on this episode of the final, final podcast, obviously, when I actually just went back and looked, the last podcast episode I did was when Paul Christ was fired from the Wisconsin Badgers football program. On this episode, of course, we got to get a quick reaction to the Wisconsin Badgers football program hiring Luke Fickle, former head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. This is a late reaction, of course, but this was just as home run of a hire as you can get, I think. The excitement that he has brought to this program already in his first offseason is so refreshing as a Badger fan. Some of the hires that he's made to his coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, the new offense that they are going to run, it's not going to be the same ground and pound Wisconsin Badgers. They're still going to have great running backs. They're still going to have great offensive linemen, but they're going to be able to air it out. They got, I believe, three transfer quarterbacks, three high-profile transfer quarterbacks into this program as well. I mean, oh my goodness. It's just refreshing as a Badger fan to see this. I'm so excited for this upcoming season with Luke Fickle at the helm. I mean, I think you give this team two years and they will be challenging for the college football playoffs. Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers. That's how, that's what the expectations are. And if this expands to 12 teams, the college football playoffs, which I believe it's going to be, Wisconsin should be and probably will be a program that is consistently there at that point when that time comes. Those are the expectations with this hire. And Luke Fickle said that, which is really exciting. Because as Wisconsin, I think the closest we got was when we lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship when we were 13-0. and We were the four seed going into it that year, and after losing to Ohio State, we dropped down to the five seed. That was the closest we got, and ever since then, we've just been backtracking and going backwards a little bit. So this was an awesome hire. I don't know if you can do better for the Wisconsin Badgers than this hire of Luke Fickle for the team. So I just had to get a quick reaction. One other thing, too, for it, it was sad to see Jim Leonard go, especially as a former Badger like he is, what he's meant to this program. And it's uh, obviously he wasn't going to stick around and take a demotion after being the interim head coach. He wasn't going to go back to being the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, that was that was disappointing to see, and hopefully maybe he wake, he makes his way back here to Wisconsin at some point. But just an incredible, fantastic hire from the athletic director and Chris McIntosh. He made a fantastic hire for the men's hockey team as well, which we can talk about at, at a later point. But Chris McIntosh is not kidding around when it comes to Wisconsin sports programs, whether it's football, basketball, I'm sorry, yeah, basketball even too, men's hockey, which is very exciting and refreshing as a Badger fan. So we'll see. I'm so excited for the upcoming college football season. It's unbelievable. And to see what this new look Badgers team is going to look like when it's not so predictable. I can't wait. But all right, that is all I have for you here on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. Thank you for tuning back in. I'm glad to be back. It's always so much fun to be doing these, and I'm glad I finally got around to getting back into this. And not what a better time. There's not a better time to do it with the NFL Draft. Remember, the Mock Draft episode is probably out right now. So go click on it. Go listen to it right now. You can stop listening to me ramble at the end of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And you are listening to The Final Final.